SARM S23, there's a lot of misinformation on the internet about SARM S23. So I asked Enhanced Athlete Researcher, Enhanced Marco, to do the research on what people really think about S23 online as far as the benefits and side effects versus what the reality is based on the medical studies and understanding of human body chemistry. is a research chemical not for human consumption. It's undergoing FDA approval and until it gets FDA approval for human use, it is only to be used for research and research only. It's Enhanced Marco here to talk to you about a very special SARM called S23. Now, I have seen so much mythology and so much just nonsense going around online about S23 that it's a little bit baffling considering that in my opinion it's an amazing compound that can be very useful in your repertoire as a bodybuilder and which should be up there with Osterine and LGD as one of the big three SARMs. And a big part of the reason why it hasn't gotten the popularity that it deserves is because of the myths that are being perpetuated about it. So we're going to address those myths in order. Number one, the uh, S23 was originally tested as male contraception myth, which uh, you'll hear guys say that online. You know, when they originally tested S23, it was as male contraception. If you ever want to have kids, don't take S23, which if they bothered to read the clinical trial to the end, they'd find that it was a successful test of S23 as a temporary male contraceptive, and that all clinical trial subjects returned to normal by the end of, by several weeks after the end of the study. What happened is S23 tanks FSH and LH, luteinizing hormone, and as a consequence, Sperm production goes down, you uh, can't get anyone pregnant, which was the idea, male contraception. However, several weeks after the cessation of S23, everyone of the original trial participants had returned back to normal levels of FSH and LH. So it was entirely reversible. And frankly, you can look at almost any anabolic substance as a form of male birth control if it causes shutdown of FSH and LH because it's really hard to get someone pregnant when your gonads aren't working properly. So strike that myth from the record because it's just not true. It was demonstrated in that same clinical trial in which S23 was tested as a male contraceptive that the effects were totally reversible. Now, moving on to the second myth, which is that S23 is something that you shouldn't do because it is far more suppressive than any other SARM. Now, this is a myth that I'd like to address in particular because it represents a particularly bad understanding of what suppressive means. There aren't really degrees of suppressiveness in the way that people want to think about them in terms of total testosterone, FSH, LH, free testosterone, things like that. The HBTA axis, for the most part, acts on a pulsatile system. Either your body's producing FSH, LH, GnRH, or it isn't. 
it's there's no you know continuum or spectrum of how much is being produced at a different time it's either on or it's off and while certain substances will definitely will definitely cause a steeper drop off in FSH or LH that doesn't always account for per milligram per milligram comparable dosages it doesn't account for individual variants the sample sizes in these studies are usually pretty small i've seen studies done on you know 10 people which really isn't indicative of the population at large at all and you have to remember that Time is one of the biggest factors in suppression, and that the longer you are on a suppressive substance, the bigger the chances that you will have quote-unquote total shutdown, which is FSH and LH levels of zero. And that can happen on Osterine, that can happen on LGD, that can really happen on any substance which interferes with the HPTA axis. But the body recovers very quickly from things like this. This is why, you know, if you go 24 hours without sleep, it'll tank your testosterone. But if you get some sleep the next night, it'll probably be up to normal because this functions on a pulsatile mechanism. Your body's pretty complex and is really good at dealing with all the curveballs you throw at it. So this idea that S23 is somehow so much more suppressive that you should never take it just isn't true because it doesn't account for the differences in, you know, milligram per milligram dosages, how much people take of it, how long they take it, things like that. And most of this is just a, a little bit of internet fear-mongering. And you can find plenty of accounts of people that have done, uh, that have used S23. I've had several clients use S23 successfully without any sort of major shutdown issues or anything like that. So now that we've struck those myths off the board, the third myth that you'll hear is, well, it's a new compound. I don't really want to mess around with a new compound. It just came out, you know. What if they find out in 10 years that it makes you, you know, grow a third arm? Well, the reality is that the mechanism by which S23 works and similar substances like it are frankly not new to the medical community. Selective androgen receptor modulators, SARMs, have been around for at least a little while. They've been thoroughly studied and the actual mechanisms by which they function in the body, the HPTA access, the various hormones that interact in your body, are very well studied, which is why we are able to predict so accurately what will happen in vivo studies. That's why we're even able to get to the stage of clinical trials, because you know that um, the FDA isn't just going to let you inject people full of random stuff and see what happens. You have to prove that it's safe to a certain extent to even get to that point. And the very fact that, you know, we have a lot of human trials on this stuff is indicative of the fact that we understand a lot of the underlying mechanisms and the potential, you know, pitfalls as well as benefits which is one of the things that are so great about SARMs, is that they selectively bind to the androgen receptors in the musculoskeletal system and not the organs, which is why they're viewed as sort of, you know, the next generation of uh, performance-enhancing drugs that don't have a lot of the negative effects of anabolic steroids. And now I'd like to segue a little bit into the benefits of S23, which you don't hear talked about nearly as often as they should. So to put it very simply, uh, 
S23 is a really strong SARM. It not only binds stronger to androgen receptors than LGD4033, which is sort of the, you know, the main bulking SARM, but it also has some very different pronounced effects as a result of the nuances as to exactly which receptors it binds to. So LGD has a binding of affinity of, I believe, um, KI1 nanomoles around there. I saw one study in particular that quoted it as KI1.2 nanomoles. So we'll use that number, 1.2. S23, on the other hand, has a binding affinity of 1.7 Ki per nanomoles. So we're talking about something that's about half, about 50% um, stronger in its tendency to bind to androgen receptors, which means the which means that uh, its effects will be greater on a on a um, molar level on the level of the uh, individual nanomoles that are binding to the receptors, meaning that it's very strong. It's stronger than LGD in a lot of different ways, but the way that its, effect, that its effects function, you sort of have, you know, LGD is known as the bulking sort of, uh, the bulking SARM, the one you take when you want to put on mass. Osterine is the leaning out SARM, something that you want when you're trying to cut body fat, something like that. Well, S23 happens to have the benefits of both. It's excellent at putting on lean body mass, but it also has some serious drying out capabilities and uh, causes you to lose a lot of body fat really fast. In fact, I've had clients describe it as uh, a milder version of if you were to con if you were to combine anadrol and winstrol, except without the joint sides, because of course there are no joint sides and there's also no conversion to estrogen. So just think about that for a second, if you could combine anadrol and winstrol. So the strength benefits, some of the lean mass benefits, and leaning out at the same time while you're doing it. I had, um, I'm familiar with a colleague of mine who was running S23 at a pretty normal dose, something like 20 milligrams a day. He was doing twice weekly cardio and was in a caloric surplus, and he ended up staying at the same weight but losing something like 5% body fat and ending up at a much higher lean body mass lean body mass at the end. So ultimately huge benefits that can be seen from this and it just doesn't seem to be that popular because of a bad reputation that you know a few people on the internet gave it. S23 ultimately passes all of the safety standards that we'd expect of the well more, the more well-known SARMs like S4 um, the uh, Osterines and things like that, but it also provides additional benefits in that it seems to be a true, you know, sort of uh, bulking and cutting SARM, and in that it has such a strong binding affinity to the androgen receptors that it really has a very pronounced effect. Uh, typical doses are in the 15 to 30 milligram range, with 30 milligrams really being on the high end, and um, people have been trying it out and giving all sorts of anecdotal reports, but for the most part, up until a few months ago, no one had ever heard of this stuff. So all you had was innuendo to go by, and as a consequence, you had a lot of bad information. 
But I'm here to tell you that S23 is something that you seriously ought to consider uh, putting into your wheelhouse uh, in terms of SARMs and other substances that can help you achieve your bodybuilding and athletic goals.